Okay, Chazar, day number 17, we're at the beginning of the Tav Testament Aleph. Uh, we're discussing the halachas of an old sukkah, I just make a sukkah lishma, machluk is beis hello beishamai. Beis holds that really you can make it any time, it's not a problem. Beishamai says, you know, it has to be made within 30 days, unless it was made explicitly for sukkahs. And we're asking what's the reason behind the shittas, and we started reading the Gemara. I'm going to actually read the Gemara again, because there's a flow from the beginning of the Gemara to the end of the Amud. My time in the Beishamai, the reason for Beishamai that they're so makhber, they need this Lishma concept. So Amar Kra, Chagas Sukkos, Shivas Yamim Hashem. The Chagas Sukkos is seven days for Hashem. It's be Lishma for Hashem. Sukkah Silashim Chag, but you know you need to have a Sukkah that's made for the Yantzav of Sukkos. So how does Beis Hillel argue back? Beis Hillel, Hahu Mi Bayalei, the Kedar of Sheshes. That pasuk is already taken out to be used to teach us a Joshua of Sheshes. What is a Joshua of Sheshes? The number of Sheshes, Mishum Rikiva, Minayin La, say Sukkah Shasur and Kol Shiva. From where do we know that the wood of the Sukkahs Asur all seven days of Sukkahs? Tamalaymar, Chag Has Sukkahs Shivas Yamim Lashem, Vitanya, and it says in a brayz, Rabbi Yehuda Ben Beseir Aimer, Kishem Shachal Shem Shemayim Al Chagiga, Kach Chal Shem Shemayim Al Hasukkah. Just like Shem Shemayim, a certain amount of kedusha and off limitness happens on the Korban Chagiga, so too it happens on the Sukkah, and how do we connect the Chagiga to the Sukkah? Shanemar, Chag HaSukkah, Shivas Yamim Lashem. So even though Chag here is in Pashtun Pshat, a reference to the holiday of Sukkahs, but Chag could also be a reference to the Chagiga, and there's a, therefore clearly a link between the Chagiga and the Yantav of Sukkahs. So we learn, Machag Lashem, Av Sukkah Lashem, just the Chag is Lashem, so the Sukkah is Lashem, and it's also to use for all seven days. <coughs> so very nice. We know why Yubeshem holds what they have hold, we know why Basil doesn't hold what they hold because he uses up that pasuk ready to tell us that it has to, it cannot be used for all seven days. Now the Gemara asks a very simple question: nami The problem is, is the Beishamai needs the same drush that the Basil just did. So Basil uses up the pasuk to teach us that it's Asr Kol Shiva. Well, Beishamai also needs to use that pasuk to teach us Asr Kol Shiva. But if he uses up that pasuk to tell us Asr Kol Shiva, then he no longer has a pasuk to tell us that it's okay to be lishma. So I asked the Gemara again, let's read that line again. He needs it for this. He needs this Pasuk to be used up to tell us it's Asakal Shiva. So then back to the drawing board, how does he know that, um, that, um, that you can't have an old Sukkah? So it says the Gemara, that's true, you're right, good point. Beishamai needs the same Pasuk as Hillel does to tell us that it's Asakal Shiva. So literally, the Gemara says, back to the drawing board, what's the reason for Beishamai Shita? That holds you cannot have an old sukkah, that's be the Shema. Ksiv Karachrin is a different Pasuk that tells us that. What's that Pasuk? Chagas Sukkah is Tasa Lechaz Shivas Yamim. A Chagas Sukkah you should make for yourself all seven days. Sukkah Hasuya Lashem Chag Ba'inan. We need to have a sukkah that's made for the sake, for the intent, for the focus of the Chag for the Antara Sukkahs. Now, okay, fine. So the, now there's a second Pasuk here, and that's where Beishamai gets it from that it has to be the Shema. But now you have to ask a question again. So what does Beishamai do with that Pasuk? Basil uses it to tell us that you're allowed to build a sukkah on Cholomoid. You might have thought to say that sukkahs that are built for all seven days are kosher, but sukkahs that are built on Cholomoid and are not all seven days are not going to be kosher. This Pasuk tells us that no, all the days are available to make a sukkah. If you did not have a sukkah at the beginning, you're allowed to make a sukkah later on. Now the Gemara is going to ask the same question as we asked before. Okay, very nice. So Basil uses up this Pasuk to tell us this separate Indian that you're allowed to build a sukkah on Cholomoid. Well, now why does Beishamai also need the Pasuk for that? The reason why he doesn't need it for that drasha to tell us that you're allowed to build a sukkah on Cholomoid is because he doesn't hold you can build a sukkah on Cholomoid. He holds like Rabbi Eliezer. The Amar ain't oisin sukkah b'chol shemayid who holds you do not make a sukkah on Cholomoid. So 
in the end of the day, Beis Hillel has a Pasuk to tell him. Let's start with Beishamai first. Beishamai has a Joshua to tell him <coughs> that the Sukkah has to be Lishma. It has to be made for the sake of the Yantar of Sukkah. And Beis Hillel does not have that. And the very same Pasuk that he uses tells us that you're allowed to build the Sukkah on Chalamoid. And Beishamai does not need it to teach us you're allowed to build the Sukkah on Chalamoid because um, he holds you're allowed to build the Sukkah on Chalamoid. There's no problem at all. Any questions so far? Yeah, Rabbi Robinson. Sure. If if uh, Beishamai is saying he needs to be shmo, so he shmoes lishmo. Why does he hold this on his feet? Days. Where does I mean, what's the difference with it? Makes either three days ago or a year ago, whatever. It's a good question. It seems to me that once it's within thirty days, like it's a it's an automatic built-in lishma. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so now the Gemara is going to extrapolate from the halachas of Sukkah and try to compare it to the halachas of Tzitzis. Because once we're talking about the topic of the Shema, um, it seems to be Beis Hillel is the one who holds you don't need the Shema, and Beis Shammai is the one who holds you have to have the Shema when you're building their mitzvahs. So let's see what they hold by Tzitzis and see if, if these things could stim with each other. So it says the Gemara, Beis Hillel, leis lehu Yehuda. Amarav, it seems to be Beis Hillel does not hold of the opinion of Yehuda Amarav. What does Yehuda Amarav say? The Amar of Yehuda Amarav, the following Allah by Tzitzis. Asa mina kaitzim, mina nimen, mina garden psula. So, I'm not going to get into the details of the differences of these three, but if you look at Rashi, it helps somewhat. But bottom line, what these three cases are, is that if you have a four-corner garment, and you have strings that are protruding from the garment itself, let's say, for example, you have the warp and woof, which is the cross of the different uh, threads, and some of them go beyond the edge, and you literally take those threads that not only were not woven, were not spun, lishma, but were even added into the beggar lishma, and you make tzitzis out of that, all three of those kinds are puzzle, because you have nothing lishma over here. It wasn't spun into a string lishma, it wasn't added to the garment lishma, it was some extra pieces of string that are already attached to the garment that you're making into tzitzis, that's puzzle, that's no good. Mina sisin ksher, but it's from sisin is ksher. And Rashi says sisin basically is a ball of string that was not twisted into the form of being string lishma. So that's not a problem. We don't have to have the twisting, the tevia of the string to be lishma, but it certainly has to be added to the beg of lishma, and therefore these three things are not going to be kosher. And now it finishes off over Kamrisa came to Shmuel when this psak was set in front of a Shmuel, Amrali said to me, Afmina Sisinami Psula, even the Sisin are also possible. Why? The Bayina Tviya Lishma, because even the Tviya, even the spinning of the strings has to be Lishma. So we have this statement over here of Rabbi Yehuda Marav, that says by tzitzis, for sure, the adding of the string to the corner has to be lishma for the sake of the mitzvah. And we have Shmuel, who adds on that even the spinning of the string has to be lishma. So we see over there, you need lishma. We see Beis Hillel over here by the sukkah does not need to be lishma. So the Gemara is just making a basic assumption that our Beis Hillel, who doesn't need lishma by sukkah, would not agree with Rabbi Yehuda Marav's statement by tzitzis, who does need to have lishma. I guess it seems to be fair to compare the two. To which the Gemara says, um, and that's the kind of the finishing of the question on Basil. If we need to have tzitzis that made the Shema, why would we not have to have sukkah that's made the Shema? It seems to be Basil is not fitting with the psak by tzitzis. Jake, make sense? The question? Say it again. Um, yeah, I lost the place. Okay, fine. Okay, got it. So we're up to um, uh, the first two words of the line are Shalmoyed. And it's about the 10, 11 lines up. Okay, fine. So the question on the table is like this. So we just established that in the, in, by sukkah, it's a machlokas beis hillel beis you have to have lishma. Beis hillel holds. You don't need lishma, and beis hillel you do have to have lishma. So we're now going to ask a question because there's a statement from Yehuda Marav by tzitzis that he needs to have lishma over there. 
So we're asking a question, well, if you have to have Lishma by Tzitzis, why wouldn't Beis Hillel hold you have to have Lishma by Sukkah? We're just going to borrow that and ask it as a question form. So let's read it again. Inside the Amr Bihun Marav, Asa Mina Kaitzim, let's start one line before that, Beis Hillel lays the Hud Rabbi Yehuda Marav, Beis Hillel doesn't hold Rabbi Yehuda Marav, the Amr Bihun Marav, Asa Mina Kaitzim and Mina Nimim Garden, those three types of things are strings that are already attached to the garment, they just have to be protruding from it. And you just grab those extra strings that are straggling over there, and you make tits out of it. Well, that wasn't even added to the garment of the shema, so those are all no good. However, mina sisin, if you have balls of string that were not spun lishma, but at least when you would take those strings and put them into the corner, the putting onto the garment of the shema, that would be kosher. And then they finish off that even the sisin are no good. Why? Because we actually do need to have the spinning of the strings to be the shema. And therefore, the Gemara finishes off his question, So too, if we need to have a tzitzis me'elishma, why wouldn't Beis Hillel need that you have your sukkah me'elishma as well? So the question on the table is, is that why basically are tzitzis different than sukkah that Beis Hillel holds? A sukkah does not have to be lishma, and tzitzis do have to be lishma. To which the Gemara answers five lines from the bottom, second word, shiny hasam, the Amar Kra. It's different there by tzitzis because there's a pasuk. What does the pasuk say? G'dilim ta'asa l'cha. There's a word lecha when it, by tzitzis. Lecha is l'shem chayvcha. For you means that you have to do it for the sake of your obligation. And therefore, that's the reason why by tzitzis we need lishma and by sukkah not. To which the Gemara jumps what, on... What, what, sorry, what, I missed the two first few minutes. What's the connection between tzitzis and sukkah to begin with that we say tzitzis is lishma, sukkah has to be lishma? So, so, so the connection would be is that is that making or building mitzvahs, does it have to have special intent? And for some reason they feel there's a connection between the two that it's, it's um, before we bring the Pasuk of G'dilim Tasa we almost fought, thought it was like a general shita. Oh, you're building or making a mitzvah? Of course it has to be Lishma. We see that by tzitzis. It's just a general rule by building or making mitzvahs. To which we're saying that no, it's not a general rule. The default is it doesn't have to be Lishma unless you tell me. And it says it by tzitzis, it doesn't say it by sukkah. But the question is coming from this assumption that it's like an overarching general rule when it comes to building and making mitzvahs that it has to be the Shema. But didn't we just do yesterday that you make a cattle pen for Shay? Well, it's kosher according to Bryson. So I, again, I have to look into it. I don't know if Bishami would agree to that. So he would, okay. I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think he would. Certainly if it was not made within 30 days. So that's already a different question, because like I said to you before, that if you're building huts within 30 days, almost even Beis Shammai agrees the default is for sukkahs, unless you want to argue and say when it's so clear that you made it for goyim or for nashim or for behemoths, whatever it is, then maybe even, with, even within 30 days, which could be, could be, I don't, I don't know for sure. But, uh, you know, the default of 30 days that it is for sukkahs. So either way, so the question on the table was, what's the difference between sukkah and tzitzis? To which you answer, the Pasuk says, l'cha by tzitzis. To which the Gemara says back, which is a very simple question, hachanami, so to hear by sukkahs, chaga sukkahs tasa lecha. So if lecha is the key word, we have it by sukkahs too, so sukkahs also have to be the Shema. Lecha l'shem chavcha. So answer the Gemara back, no, no. Because the lecha by sukkah has a different job. The lecha by sukkah is telling us it can't be stolen. To which the Gemara asks, Hasanami, Hasamnami Bibayalemutekzula. So ask the Gemara, fine, it says the word Lachabitzitz, but let's use the Lachabitzitz as well to tell us it can't be stolen. So we haven't gotten any extra ground when it comes to Tzitzis over Sukkah because they both say Lachab. 
and they both should need lachad that tells you can't be stolen. So again, we're back to the drawing board. Why is Sitzis different that he needs lishma and Sukkah is not? That doesn't need lishma. To which more answers, Hasam, last line of the Gemara, Ksiv Kra Chrina There's a separate Pasuk that says the Asulahem Yishalahem that has to be yours, which teaches us it can't be stolen. If you already have by Tzitzit the Pasuk of Asulahem Yishalahem, then what's Lacha doing? It must be Lacha is telling us that it has to be Lishma. Whereas by Sukkah, where we don't have an extra Pasuk telling us it can't be stolen, our Lacha is telling us that it can't be stolen. And that's the difference between Sukkah and Tzitzit. Make sense? Hope so. Here we go, Vaita. Yeah. Let's get a little bit more. Okay, so Zakti Numishtan Daf Testament base. Haisa Sukasoi Tachasa Ilan. If someone makes their sukkah underneath a tree, Kiilu Asa Besoy Chabayas. It's as good as if you made it inside the house itself. You did not accomplish anything. Your sukkah needs to be under the great wide open. Sukkah, Al Gabe Sukkah. If you have two sukkahs, one is built on top of the other one. The top one's going to be kosher, and the bottom one's going to not be kosher. Rehuda says, If the top one is not livable, we'll describe all these things in the Gemara and define them later, but if the top one's not livable, the bottom one, in fact, will be kosher. So again, we have two totally separate halachas in our Mishnah. The first halacha of our Mishnah is that if you build a sukkah underneath the tree, it's as if you built it inside the house which in English means you didn't accomplish anything. It's not a kosher sukkah. And therefore, make sure that you don't have trees hanging over your sukkah. We'll have to discuss how much tree, how many branches, because most people have some branches somewhere that are hanging over in some way over the sukkah. So we'll discuss that. And the second lakh of our Mishnah is, is the halachas of having two sukkahs built on top of each other, to which the Mishnah says, if there's two sukkahs that are built on top of each other, the halacha is that it's not kosher, but Behuda adds a caveat and says that, by the way, if the top one is not livable, then really it doesn't really count as a sukkah on top of a sukkah, and therefore the bottom one is going to be kosher. Zak the Gemar. Amar Rava, lo shanu ela bi'ilan shetzilasoi mirmechamaso. We only taught that you can't have a tree over a sukkah if the tree is the type shetzilasoi mirmechamaso, there's more shade than sun. But if there is more sun than shade, kshayr is going to be fine. Which makes a lot of sense to us. It's only if you have a thick layer on top of your sukkah. But if you don't have a thick layer and it's sparse, the sukkah, the, the tree on top, then everything should be fine. Now, ask the Gemara Mimai, from where do we know this? Midiktani, from the fact that it says the words, Ki'ilu asa Because it said it in such a funny way. It could have simply said it's not kosher. And again, the Mishnah, again, and th- this is the key, Mishnahis aren't sarcastic. Right? Mishnahis are not sarcastic. They're like, oh, it's the way you made it inside your... We don't, Mishnahis don't talk like that. I'm sure I've told you guys before, but my, my shtickle Tyra, but, um, but the, the, the Tyra itself is also not sarcastic, and the Avos are not sarcastic, and that, that actually forced a Rashi in Chumash, because when the brothers threw Yosef into um, the pit, the Pasuk says that the brothers said, Vatira ma'ya im What's going to be with his dreams? And it sounds like... Um, like a sarcastic statement, like, now we'll see what will happen with your dreams, Yosef. And Rashi feels the need to say that, no, it wasn't really them, it was like, in Shemayim, they were saying, what's going to be with his dreams? Like, like I always understood that, like, there's, there's, a, there's an old book called, What, what Was Bothering Rashi? Ever, ever see the English book, What's Bothering Rashi? Like a classic book. The whole point is, is that Rashi doesn't talk unless something's bothering him. So you have to always try to figure out what's bothering Rashi. I always wanted to claim what was bothering Rashi is, is like, the other's talking sarcastic? 
especially after throwing their brother into the pit, especially if one of the classic storylines and narratives is they didn't want to have to do it, they just felt they had to because it's a psakalacha, and now they're going to be like, and now let's see what's going to happen with the dreams. It just can't be. It just can't be. And therefore they have to have an alternate understanding. There are other Rishonim who understand it literally, <laughs> that they were being, I want to call it sarcastic, but they were, so to speak, making uh, that triumphant statement. But at least Rashi was clearly saying there's no such thing as, there's no room for sarcasm, and therefore it has to be understood differently. You know, so do it. Last week's parsha with Bnei Shul telling Moshe there weren't enough graves in Mitzrayim. Yeah, it's like very sarcastic. Yeah, that's true. Is there, is there an explanation? For that? So I don't know. Well, first of all, I would differentiate between the Avos and the rest of the Klai Yisrael on the way out of Mitzrayim. You know, they weren't yet in the high enough Madriga, and uh, you know they very well could be. <laughs> they were being, uh, you know, bitter, so to speak. You're right. Is there not enough graves in Mitzrayim? That definitely sounds quite quite sarcastic. It'd be fun to collect all the sarcasm in Tanakh, just to see, uh, you know to see where it is. Either the point being is over here also. So if the Mishnah goes out of its way and says this interesting statement, it's as if you made it inside the house, you know, that sounds like something like a, a sarcastic rub would say. Like, is my sukkah kosher? Well, you might as well put it in your house. So Mishnahs don't talk like that. So if the Mishnah said that, we have to learn something from it. So again, let's read the Gemara. It says the Gemara, From the fact that the Mishnah says a statement that it's as if you made it inside your house. Right? So, so um, the mystic Why should it say it in such a way? Just listen to Psula. It's coming to teach us a lesson that it's only when the tree is in fact like a house. So just like a house is more shade than sun. So too, a tree is only a problem if it's um, like a house, and, and and therefore it is more shade than sun. Okay. That what? Build a tree under a sparse. I mean, you could build a sukkah under a sparse tree. That is true. Really? Yes. I guess you, have to, you just have to do the math. We're going to get into more details now of exactly how to figure out the math and whatever it is. But yes, the halacha is they could be under a sparse tree. And that's why, you know, my parents' house, they had this tree that was like, felt like it was 50 feet high. I mean, it was probably 30. But like it was totally unreachable unless you get tree cutting companies. And there was like some random branches. By the time sukkahs came around most years, there were no leaves anymore. I don't know why that's true. But um, but either way, there's other people in the shul that they have to go to their house. And I just, you literally stand inside the sukkah, look straight up, and you see these massive overhangs. And sometimes it passes part of the sukkah, not all of it. If you have an overhang over part of the sukkah, then it could possibly disqualify that sukkah. And therefore, that part of the sukkah, then you have to start figuring out do I still have three walls? And can I still sit in the rest of it or not? Why would it possibly part of the sukkah? If by definition it's sparse enough that it's not... No, I'm saying if it's not sparse enough. I'm saying like if you have it not sparse, uh-huh. but it's not over the whole sukkah, so you could still have a partially kosher sukkah. Just, you know, take the women or whatever it is to sit underneath that part if you need to have all the space being used. You have to be mindful of that. But that's why it is, it is important. But it has nothing to do with height? Nothing to do, zero, to do with height. It could be, it could be, a, it could be a, a blimp floating over your sukkah. It'll disqualify your sukkah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what? What'd you say? Two years ago, I climbed up my neighbor's tree from the next door. Oh, did you? Took a, a what's it called? Saw like a little chainsaw, shaved like cut off all these branches because I was like, yeah, I don't want anything hanging over this. Like a, there you go. Oh, I could have left it. There you go. I have one of these extending cutters uh, that goes about like 14, 15 feet. They're just, uh, we ended up cutting the tree altogether. But yeah, right. it's just, you know, you have to have these things. I still remember Rabbi Franklin used to borrow it every single year. Like, you know, like before circus, it's like in you know, a classic hymn. You know, like just uh, be extra careful with halacha. Okay, so says the Gemara as follows. 
vichi chamasa mir mitzilasa mehavi. So, what if there is more sun than shade? Why is that good? You're going to be creating a mixture of schach pasal and schach kasher, and amar of schach pasal schach kasher. So the question here is. That's only if the branches are hanging down into the schach, right? Second. Um, I'll be honest, I, I don't remember this line, how this works. Right. I'm just, I, I don't remember this question. The question is that even though it's more sun than shade, in the end of the day, you have a mixture of kosher schach and pasal schach, and even though the ratio is... Yeah, I thought Rebbe taught, because if you do have a sparse um, tree above you, right. then you end up pulling those branches down. Well, the, lex, the next line is you pull it down. So what's the, what's the, the question? The question is, is... I thought this one was that you pulled it down. They were saying, how come it's... And then, and then we say, I'm a Republican. Oh. Right. Paul, Stan, want to help me with this one? As if, and, and, and then and why does it ruin everything, even though it's more... No, co- because I, it's just, it's a likely scenario. In other words, likely, good chance that you're going to end up having more 51% would be absurd. Not not that it's a vada. That's what I remember. Oh, it, it could be that's what's going on over here, is that... I mean, there's two ways to talk about having a sukkah on top, a, a tree on top of a sukkah. You could simply say, I don't care how much schach you have down there, as long as what you have on top is more um, open than shade, then you're good to go. So that's what, that's what seems to be what we're saying. As long as it's more open than shade on top, you're good to go, ignoring how much schach is below. To which I think what the Gemara is asking is, is that, one second over here, let's, let's do math. Because let's say you have more sun than shade of the tree on top. But you theoretically have to imagine every single bit of shade that you do have, whatever's directly underneath it is still disqualified. So let's say you had a sukkah that was only 75% covered and 25% was, was, was open, okay? And then you have on top of your sukkah, 45% is covered and 55 is open. She's like, oh good, 55 is open, 45 is covered. We're good, we have more sun than shade. Well, no, because if you take the 45 and you lower it, and therefore you make your sukkah not 75% covered, you have to take away 45, there's only 30% covered. Well, that's actually not going to be kosher. That's what it is, that's the question. You're very good, again. thank you. So that's the question. Why are we purely looking at the sukkah, the tree that's on top and saying, well, is there more sun than shade or not? It still could be that if you have on top more sun than shade, but if you actually take whatever's left of shade and lower it, it could disqualify what's there of the actual schach itself, making it less than 50%. To which we're going to have to, you know, give different answers, Bishop Haftan, etc. Okay, so we'll have to stop here, subscribe for that, and uh, we'll continue from tomorrow in terms of trying to figure out how to have a proper scenario of um, a tree on top of a sukkah where the sukkah is still going to be kosher.